you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. This is NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Demarius Thomas out over the 45 midfield. Here we go. 40, 35, foot race. 20, 15, 10. Touchdown, Denver is over. Brady fires to the right, wide open. Inside the 20 to the 15 to the 10. And dancing into the end zone, Aaron Hernandez. What nice play action. If you like the NFL, you're going to like NFL Fantasy Live, featuring the experts of NFL.com. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown, Ray Rice. Sproles is going to score. Walking into the end zone on a 17-yard scamper. The Super Smurf. Here are your hosts, Michael Fabiano and Elliot Harrison. NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius 210 XM 87. I'm Elliot Harrison, joined as always by... Michael Fabiano, fantasy editor, NFL.com, and I just want to let you guys know right off the bat, so that there's no you know misconceptions here. Fab's a little moody today, so wait, wait, wait. How I'm I'm probably going to be carrying the ship. How am I moody? Well, I don't understand. So if if you don't like the way I I uh, drive the bus, am I moody today? You're going to have no. I'm not. Harrison, how many women were you with last night that you're all smiling today? We have how many? We have a lot of fan- we have a lot of fantasy to discuss. <laughs> Your today. fantasies? We have a lot of fantasy to discuss, and I uh, hope you guys are all having a good one out there. But now you're on the freeway, you're listening to Survivor's Greatest Hits, and uh, no, they're not because they're listening to us or the removable Survivor's <laughs> Greatest Hits. Their removable face on their Alpine. Uh, I used to have that tape deck player. I used to have that. Yeah, man. I used Fell to have the, I think it was a it was a Kenwood. Yeah, or a Pioneer. I've always like been that. behind the curve on a lot of things, uh, and car stereos. Always something I've been behind the curve on. You know, they, they say there's like the early adopter. There's the innovator who's like the, the first guy that has to have some. He's the guy that had Xbox 360 before it was even released on the market. Then you have the early adopter. Who, you know, who's like that top 2 to 5% who got it the day they wait in line for user illusion. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> right. Right. Then you have the, the, the rest of the pack. You know, mm-hmm. then you have the late adopter who's like the bottom 20%. And then you have the guy who's just totally still listening to 8-tracks. Almond Brothers Live from Budapest and stuff like that. You do that. have an A track player in your in your Jeep, I, don't you? I don't, but my dad had a nineteen eighty or eighty one Honda Goldwing bike, which those things were big. They were big and heavy mm-hmm. that had an eight track player. <laughs> and when I was three we fell over on it. It was great. But uh Oh it was great? It, it fell over well, on the bike. I, you and know, it was you're great. three years old. I still remember this. You, you know, you're three years old, you think it's the coolest thing ever. It scared the you know, yeah. crap out of my dad. Yeah. Who caught me. Yeah. We 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 uh, pulled up to a light, and it was a little bit of a gravel. You know when you have a road, and there's gravel next to it, and some of the gravel kind of spills out onto the road from maybe mm-hmm. when a car peeled out or something? Mm-hmm. There was a little too much gravel on the asphalt, so when my dad went to slow down at about 10 miles an hour, the bike slipped. Mm-hmm. And Honda Goldwings, man, they're heavy. You don't, you don't you know, just pick one of those suckers up, so my dad... Falled off, but as or fell off, but falled off. But as he fell off, he caught me with one arm. I mean, talk about. Could you imagine how much in trouble my dad would get into now, yeah. or, or or a guy would get into now if he had his three year old son <laughs> on a 
lot different uh, situation in the late yeah, 70s. Yeah, no doubt about kind it. Kind of like uh, offensive football. We saw an absolute explosion in the wild card game between mm-hmm. the Saints and Lions. Yep. That's not something you saw in the late 70s and early 80s. I mean, it seems like now these guys, I mean, Stafford and Breeze's numbers in that game were sick. Yep. And, you know, in regards to the playoff challenge that's, that we've been talking about on NFL.com, I tell you what, if you took Drew Brees, you're sitting pretty right now. I said last week that I was going to be riding the Saints all the way to the Super Bowl. I thought they were the team to beat. And week one, pretty good production. I got 30 points from Brees, 20 points from Sproles, 12 from Marcus Colston. Not a huge game from Colston statistically in a fantasy perspective because it's not PPR, it's standard, so you only got the 12 points for his uh, over 100 yards receiving. Calvin was a great play because, okay, they lost, so you can't get points from him going forward, obviously. But 33 points in the first round is phenomenal. Uh, Jimmy Graham had 11 points in that contest. John Casey had nine. Where my fantasy playoff challenge lineup sort of took a kick in the fantasy junk, I guess you could say, is the Steelers' defense. Negative two points from the Steelers' defense. Which I had Awful. that, too. Which I had Awful. that, too. So, so this week, I've got to replace Calvin, and I'm playing Wes Welker. We'll get into that. Uh, and I also am going to play the Ravens' defense this week uh, against the rookie quarterback in Baltimore. And to talk about more about these playoff matchups in the division around, we're going to have Eve Evans, former great fullback from the New Orleans Saints, among uh, his teams Patriots, coming Seahawks. in at about 1230. And uh, we're going to get a lot of insight from him. And we're also going to be taking your calls at 888-XM-FANTASY, 888-963-2682. And, L, we already have a caller, Brian in Illinois. Can I I announce something? He wants to talk about about? the NFL Fantasy Playoff Challenge. What's up, Brian? Hey, what's going on, fellas? Uh, How you doing? Yeah, you guys just hit hit it right on the point. I rolled with Stafford and Calvin Johnson, but then I stacked my lineup with the rest of the Saints on the slim chance maybe the Lions beat the Saints. Mm -hmm. But then I also have Ray Rice and the Ravens D. I have to replace my quarterback. I'm sitting in eighth place right now. I got about 125 points. I had Sproles and and Colston, and I had Casey. But I I don't know, do I jump on the Breeze bandwagon now, or do I maybe jump with, like, Tom Brady and... I don't know, get crazy and maybe throw Demarius Thomas in a wideout spot. Here, I mean, I, what do you guys think going for, uh, going forward uh, was my best play to get the maximum amount of uh, multiplied points? How many guys are you playing against? Uh, there is 49 guys in my league. Actually, uh, Tony Sincata and so uh, some of his people are in it. Adam Ronis is in it. It's mm-hmm. uh, kind of competitive. It's, well, it's uh, very cool. pretty good. Yeah. Well, what, those guys are all in there. Well, the reason I asked is because if if it were me, I would look in the league and look at the couple teams that I think have the best shot. If they're all rolling with Breeze, I'd get Brady. I I would differentiate myself somewhere, either pick up Rodgers, pick up Brady. I'm saying if they're going with Breeze. That's how I like to play these kind of things, that if you're behind, and and whether it's regular fantasy football or playoff challenge, if you're behind somebody else, you've got to differentiate yourself somewhere because if you just grab the same guy as they do – then basically you're not only rooting for your own success, but you're rooting for their success too. So at some point you got to break with what other people are doing. Yeah, to me, listen, uh, and I said this week one of the postseason, I'm rolling with the Saints. I have 
Breeze, Sproles, Colston, Graham, Casey, all going for me. I would have started the Saints defense, and then I had a change of heart, and I went with the Steelers, which is a complete disaster. Believe it or not, the Texans defense scored the most fantasy points last week uh, at 25, which was, which was a great total, and a total you didn't expect to get from the Texans. So, listen, the way that you have to enter this game is you've really got to pick a team. This is the team I think is going to roll all the way to Indianapolis this year. And for me, it's the Saints. If everyone's playing Breeze, I think L makes a point with trying to differentiate yourself because you want to sort of make up some ground. Make up ground with a few different positions. For me, I mean, I, I don't have a lot of decisions to make because all my guys advance except for, again, Calvin and the Steelers. So I'm rolling with Welker because I think Welker has the easiest road to the conference championship. Uh Listen, I've been on Tim Tebow all year. He scored 30 fantasy points last week. 30 against the Steelers. And, and this guy had struggled for, what, two or three weeks yep. in a row? And yep. even, even I, who am a self-proclaimed Tebow fan when it comes to fantasy, had, I was a little bit worried about well, that. you played against him. That's why I played the Steelers, Steelers against him, yeah. and, and clearly he burned me. Isn't it amazing that he threw for 316 yards? On like 316. 10, on like 10 Average 31.6. <laughs> just, like, just the whole John 316. It's just amazing how that thing happens. Um, but I think that they're going to have a hard time in New England. And, and listen, Demarius Thomas, if you want to have a guy with a great matchup who's a likely one-and-done candidate. You just can't play the NFL Fantasy Playoff Challenge like that. You have to go with a wide receiver as a replacement here that you think is going to at least win one game so you have the opportunity to get double points in the conference championship round. Elliot, let's stay with the phones here. We have Chad in Tennessee who has a question about quarterbacks. What's going hey, on, Chad? What's I'm up? I'm good. How are y'all doing? Good. Listen, I'm in a. I made the playoffs, and it's in a, one of these national salary cap deals. And uh, I've mm-hmm. got. I'm in a bit of a bind because I had the Steelers defense as well, yeah. <laughs> and they really, you know, paid good money for them in the salary cap, and that didn't work out. Yeah. But here's my question: We get to replace, you know, our whole. League, I mean, we can replace our whole lineup. We draft. It's a PPR. Uh, we draft, you know, a quarterback, three running backs, three wide receivers, which can include a tight end, a defense, um, you know, a kicker, and a flex. Mm-hmm. And but they change it. Of course, they change the the salaries after the season. So I mean, you can't have Drew Brees now, and you know, like an Eli Manning. I mean, you you won't come under the salary cap. There's no way. My question is, I fell behind because of the Steelers defense. I'm 23 behind. I can change my whole lineup, and mm-hmm. then after that, when you pick, and you got to so you, you got to stick with what you got after that. My question is. I want to go with somebody like Aaron Rodgers, somebody I know who's probably going to put you know twenty five up there, or or Drew Brees twenty five to thirty. But I'm twenty three back because of the Steelers' defense, and this is the way I've got eight teams to choose from. Is would you go with standard plays and just hang in there, or would do you think if I'm going to win this thing, I need to go ahead and take a chance on like an Eli? Uh, you know, because again, I don't have to keep him all the way to the Super Bowl. This is still a week I can replace next week for one more time. How do I make up ground here? What would y'all suggest on a, on an Eli Manning having a great day and and then you know then settling in after that or right, with a right. for one game that could get me that twenty three that maybe everybody else is not going to go with right right well I, I'm I'm going to get to that I wanted to know if that was electronic Simon says that was playing behind you uh, when you were asking I, I heard something coming from your uh, some beeping some beeping coming oh, well, from I'm, your I, oh I'm completely blind and that's my talking computer I uh, oh. let me know I was getting an email coming in so. oh very well I'm a fan of Battlestar Galactica too. Uh, so Eli Manning, I think, is an interesting play uh, because, again, we just had a caller, and I don't know if you were able to, to catch what we told Brian, I believe his name was, but 
basically taking a risk. You've got to make up some ground. And if you play the same guys, which you mentioned in your question, you play the same guys that everybody else does, you're not going to be able to make up that ground. Uh, a great example is late in the year, Fabs and I got a question on, should I play Demarius Thomas or Tony Gonzalez? And Tony Gonzalez had a nice matchup. And I told him to play Demarius Thomas because Tony Gonzalez was probably guaranteed to give you eight points. Demarius Thomas was capable of giving you two points or a 20-point game. And if he, this caller had to make up some ground, so I said, don't play the conservative guy. Play Demarius Thomas because he could explode for you. Same deal with the playoff challenge. Right now, you've got to make up ground. You've got to pick up somebody who's different than your opponents or most of your opponents are playing who can have a huge game. I think Eli is that guy because Green Bay can certainly give it up. Green Bay ranked 32nd in the NFL in defense. Their strength is in takeaways. If Eli doesn't throw the picks, you could be looking at a 350, three-touchdown performance. And this is where fantasy football, in a traditional sense, is much different than the NFL playoff challenge because you've got really good matchups for some quarterbacks, like Eli, for example, right? Tebow, the Patriots' defense stinks at their 31st. But in our game, if you lose... You lose the opportunity to get the double points. If you're just looking for point production, listen, Eli can go easily go for 303 touchdowns against the Packers. That could be an absolute shootout. Tebow can absolutely score 25 fantasy points against the Patriots, again, because their defense is just rotten. It's been rotten all year long. So in that case, again, I agree with Elliot. I think it, it, it makes sense to try and maybe play some of these oddball, I guess you can say, starts. Because maybe their teams aren't going to advance, but that's not going to really hurt you in this case. Yeah, now, now don't go buck wild and start Alex Smith. No, don't okay. do that. <laughs> please please don't, don't do, that. do that. Don't do that. But that's something that the Demarius Thomas, Tony Gonzalez call that we got late in the year, it was a, it was a good example because I, I really feel like in fantasy football, you have to look at what your opponent's doing that week. You know, mm-hmm. who he's got playing. I know you like to go pick up guys on the waiver wire that so that your opponent can pick them up. But one of the yep. things that I look at is how close are these teams? You know, if I'm debating uh, two guys to start on Monday Night Football, for example, I've got two options. Do I, I – well, I look to see how many points behind am I from the other guy. If I'm not that many points behind, I'm playing the conservative guy that I know will get me my seven, mm-hmm. eight points. Yeah. Okay, if you're way behind, then you got to go with someone sometimes like a Pierre Garçon who yep. may be blank one week and then get you two touchdowns and 140 yards receiving the next. And also keep in mind, too, uh, again, with our game on NFL.com, the, the points are going to be made up in these next few rounds. For my team – I I had like 113 points, which was probably middle of the road. But I've got, what, I think six guys going for double points this week. And if the Saints win, I've got five guys going for triple points in the conference championship round, which is when you make up points. So in the case of our game, if you didn't have a monster week and you still have some guys left over who can double up this week and maybe triple your points in conference championship week, uh, then I think you're doing well. One last thing here uh, that I want to talk about here, because I'm sure we're going to have to go to a break here at some point. How good is Demarius Thomas going to be next season? I think, L, that this is the wide receiver to draft out of a class of wideouts that sort of expanded this year with the with the the emergence of a Victor Cruz, guys like that. Um, and, and we can talk about this more uh, after the break, but Demarius Thomas, to me, has got 1,500-yard potential, double-digit touchdown potential. And if you're in deep keeper leagues, 
this is a kid that I'd watch, man, because he looks good, he's big, he's physical, and oh, by the way, it doesn't matter that Tim Tebow's throwing him the football, because listen, we know Tebow's not the greatest in the world in terms of throwing the ball. But they have a rapport. But they have a great rapport, and Thomas is entering his third year in 2012, and a lot of guys over the history of the NFL at wide receiver have broken out in that third year. I agree. We do need to take a break. Though, Let's do we? it. Hey, you've gotten out of your bad mood. I, mean, I wasn't in a bad mood. You're going to put me in a bad mood. I tell you what, I'm. I'm I want to know what the names of the ladies that you were with last night, and I want their I want their measurements. I'm going to tell you right now. The ladies were serious. Two ten, XM eighty seven, NFL fantasy live. Harrison. We'll be back in a couple minutes. Now back to NFL Fantasy Live on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. NFL Fantasy Live, Sirius 210 XM 87. Michael Fabiano, Elliot Harrison. That was the new Van Halen song. That was. It's growing on me. Yeah. I'm glad it's growing on you. You don't like it? I don't like what I hear right now. It just sounds like there's a little bit of synth in there, and I know that Eddie loves the synthesizer, but Mm -hmm. dude... I mean, come on, man. It's it's. Look, I love Boston, too. You know, I love Boston. More than a feeling all day long, you know, peace of mind. But the synth went out with Boston, man, yeah. you know? I listened to Saga for one year, but the synth went out in 1985. I listened to it the first time. I was like, eh. I just love Eddie Van Halen's, man, guitar riffs just so much that anything that Van Halen does, I can't kill completely. But did you watch on YouTube... That special show they did, uh, I don't even know where it was. I think it might have been in in New York or D.C. or something like that. And boy, David Lee Roth talked about becoming an EMT for like 15 minutes. And you see Eddie Van Halen in the corner looking at his watch because David Lee Roth won't shut the hell up. Yeah. It was pretty – David Lee Roth clearly hasn't changed. But um, I feel like we should define something, though, for our PA slash AP slash – I'm not sure George what George Michael call. lookalike? Uh, yeah, no, our mini-truck mustache, Mike Kendall, uh, who helps us here on the radio show from the uh, podcast studios at NFL Network. Mike, synth means synthesizer. It's a keyboard, <laughs> okay? And you might have heard it in songs uh, like Turn Me Loose by Lover. Well, no, you wouldn't know that one either. Never well, mind. How old are you, about 21? God, I'm old. Keep the Faith by Bon Jovi. Maybe you would know that. It has a little bit of synth background. No. Of course, I'm kind of outing myself that I could just rattle off these Yeah, well, songs. everybody knows that you like glam bands. It's fine. <laughs> Should <laughs> we take our callers? Embrace it. Yeah, let's let's take our callers because we got Heath Evans coming up on the other side of our break. He's Dave a big in guy. New York. Heath is he, he's the best. He's been doing the shake weight. I didn't want to say anything in the makeup room. He's been doing the shake so weight. I wouldn't mess with yeah. Heath, man. He's a big boy. Dave in New York. Uh, question about Andre Johnson. What's up, Dave? What's going on, guys? I kind of have a... An opinion question and then a keeper question based off what you say. Uh, okay. Do you guys think Andre Johnson's hammy issues are more because of the lockout or more because he's on the wrong side of 30? Wow. That's an excellent question. It's pure speculation on my, you know, uh, from my train of thought. But I'll, I'll say this. Uh, hamstring issues are going to come up with any veteran player. Anybody on – uh-oh. There we go. NFL Fantasy Live. We're here every Wednesday, 12 o'clock Pacific. And you probably noticed that we went to an abrupt commercial break because we had a little technical issue. We had Dave on the line who wanted to know about Andre Johnson. And, mm-hmm. and keep, Do we have Dave still on the line? Possibly? Maybe? Hey, how you doing, hey, hey Dave. Sorry about that. So your no question problem. was very good about Andre Johnson. And here's what happened. 
So we have Heath Evans, who was waiting on the other side of our studio to come on the show. He decides to chime in and tell me that I don't know diddly-poo uh, about hamstring. I did not use the word diddly-poo, I <laughs> yeah. promise you. Yeah, about hamstring issues. And so when, when Heath... When he hit the button, he basically shut us off, and it, it, you know, it had to be like those meetings where he's like, "Hey guys, I can, I can run a wheel route on this team." <laughs> I can exactly, run and it completely blows up his assignment. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so he go ahead, tell me, tell me what you or, or tell our caller what you think about Andre Johnson's hamstring. Well, I mean, hamstrings in general, folks. I mean, these are I don't want to say they're simple, but for so long we thought, oh, it's it's overexhaustion, it's fatigue, and yes, some of those things could play into it, but ultimately, where we've come in the last couple of years is hamstrings issues are. Basically basically caused by your hips being out of alignment. So one is pulling and tugging harder than the others. Your hips kind of get pulled funny, and then ultimately you just over, you pre-exhaust a, a hamstring, and then you ultimately end up popping it. So, And they come in different degrees, but what we've kind of found through you know the athletic training world is if you can really balance out your hips daily through uh, either massage techniques or ART, which is something called active release technique, which allows your hips to stay in place the way they're supposed to be, which makes your quads and your VMO and your hip flexors and your hamstrings all fine in perfect order, that's really the key to hamstring health. But, you know, you look at Andre Johnson, his hamstrings look like a, a horse's hamstring. I mean, the guy is a freak of nature. So injuries are going to come when you're that big and you're that fast and you're that lean. Uh, I think ultimately it's just kind of part of the equation. And you had a second question, did you not, Dave? Right. Based off of that, I want to know, um, I'm already going to be have, keeping like, Calvin Johnson and Des Bryant. Should I uh, lose my uh, number one pick for Andre Johnson or should I take a Royal Lou? and get a running back at a last-round value in a PPR. Wow, what do you think, Fabs? So you lose a first-rounder for AJ? First-rounder for AJ, last for Hulu. And it's a PPR, PPR. league. But yeah, how, many, how many teams? Twelve. Twelve-team league. First-rounder is a steep price for Andre Johnson. Yep. It's a steep price for Andre Johnson, who has missed better part of this past season, and he missed three games last year. And going into his tenth uh, season, where as a pro. is your draft position in round one? Uh, hasn't been determined yet, but it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. I don't even know. I, I guess I'd I guess I'd keep Palou for that last round pick. But we all know about Mike Shanahan, and he hates our fantasy. Teams. I know. That's, you that's, know that's a it, tough the, one. The running backs situation in Washington is always a major headache. So, with your feet to the fire, what would you do? Andre for a first, giving up a first rounder for Andre though, even in a PPR league, you know, I, I'd probably do it because I, I'm not keeping Roy Halu. I'm yeah. not keeping Roy Halu. Yeah, I'm, I wouldn't even keep for Roy. A, even for a, a last round, late round pick, because Evan Royster could end up being the freaking starting That's running right. back for the Redskins next year. We have no idea, you know. And, and Tim Hightower's still in the mix too, even though he's coming off an ACL. And by the way, this was a highly technical fantasy call here, Heath. I mean, a lot of Very, our that yeah. was super. I just. The thing Super is, like, you have to kind of like marinate on it a little bit. I don't. Andre Johnson's not worth a first round pick coming up in fantasy leagues, even in a PPR league. Because you have to think, who can you get with? You but, know, if you're a 12 team league, who could you get with a fifth or sixth overall pick? Hence you know? the silence. I was lost after the yeah, hamstring question. <laughs> but you know, with the fifth or sixth overall pick, you could get a Ray Rice. Not in a keeper league. He's going to get kept. Well, I'm saying it in in general. I was trying to look. 
He just blew up our radio show. I was trying to like <laughs> dummy it down, you know, to just dummy anyway, it down for the I'm, fullback. I understand actually, there is it. no dummying down with you because you really understand the nuances of the game. I do want to defend myself though that as a lacrosse player, I know NFL players think that lacrosse is like this wuss sport, but we no, do just I, as much. I don't. Hitting. You do with yeah. less pads, and you got a whole heck of a lot more running. That's why I never <laughs> played. These short, stubby legs weren't meant for lacrosse. I'll yeah. tell you that. Well, I, I tell you one thing: I, I, you can't see Heath in here, but Heath's a big boy. Yeah, he, Heath. Heath He's a big boy. He's a big boy. If I ain't ready to bodyguard, I'm I'm gonna put in a call to my boy Heath there. But Heath and is absolute, there for you. <laughs> absolutely correct about it. first of all, your lower back, your hips, your hamstring, it's not all a bunch of isolated parts. I mean, everything works together on your body. And as someone who has hip dysplasia, my I, I've had to deal with I had the the opposite. I had uh, tight hamstrings affecting yeah. my hip function. Right. Okay. So it goes both ways. And and the, the point is is that these professional athletes, some guys are a little bit better and a little bit more savvy about taking care of their entire body. Uh, that includes core work. Uh, that includes yoga and Pilates. And, you know, some people think yoga's for the birds. That's fine. But there are a lot of NFL players that, that practice yoga, and it's lengthened their career. It saves uh, you in the off season. Yeah. All the tightness, all the wear and tear, the fatigue factor. You get in those hot yoga rooms, stretch out, open up your hips, your joints. I'm telling you, it added years to my career for sure. Well, speaking of fatigue, we're going to hit you up. We've got to take a break, but we want to hit you up uh, about these playoff matchups. And I, I really want to know what you think about the 49ers defense being able to keep up with that track meet of a New Orleans offense. Let's get it. And we'll get some uh, fantasy spin as well, Fabs. What do you think? Absolutely. Uh, we're actually not going to break right now. Oh, we're now. not going to oh, break because we had the Heath. Because he ran the wheel one, route on one us. Thing yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Check, I, check. One thing that I want to talk to Heath about, though, before we get into the, play, the postseason matchups is – so many guys, Heath, coming off of knee, knee injuries this yeah. year. And at the running back position, especially in fantasy football, that's that's been the big position for years and years, and now it's sort of becoming uh, more towards quarterbacks because of the way that the league has changed and the rules and that kind of thing. But you're looking at Adrian Peterson coming mm. off of a late-season ACL, the same with Richard Mendenhall, Jamal Charles, who I tweeted earlier this week, and he told me that he thinks he's going to come back stronger and faster yeah. in 2012. But he hurt himself earlier right. in the season. Uh, I believe it was was it week one or week yeah, two. The time advantage on AP and some of the other guys. Yep. So here's the thing. Um, what sort of percentage do you think these guys are going to come back at? AD and Mendenhall, especially because their, their injuries were so late in the season. Yeah. Are fantasy owners going to be uh, seeing these guys maybe start the season on PUP or – there's all of the medical advances that we have with surgery and everything else going to allow these guys to get back on the field. And if they do it on the field in week one, how effective will they be? Well, there's so many different kind of like integral parts of this. You know, for me and my ACL, I also had major meniscus damage. So I had the microfracture, you know, so I had a lot of different things. And plus, I was 30 plus when, when mine happened. So you look at the, the age benefit that these guys have. They just heal faster. You look at a Wes Welker. That's what ultimately you would expect out of these running backs. They're younger years. Uh, they're workout warriors all these guys, you look at their bodies, they're they're built to recover from something like this. So I think honestly, even for AP, and his and it's different doctors will, will vary on, on their expertise in the sense of, okay, hey, was it a non-contact injury like Wes Welker's was a few years ago in Houston? Or was it a contact injury like AP's was a few weeks ago? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know how much of a difference it makes. You know, there's a lot of things, even we we're talking about the hamstring. You know, people talk about ACL issues now. You know, the quad not firing or being quad dominant, not hamstring dominant. So 
there's just so many different things out there that really affect your recovery. But ultimately, it comes down to work ethic. Um, you know, Dr. Andrews, the world-renowned orthopedic, would tell you, yeah, listen, there are better doctors, but it ultimately comes down to how much work are you willing to put in, mm-hmm. and can you handle the pain tolerance that it takes to recover successfully from that ACL? You look around the league, I mean, Mendenhall, AP, these guys are tough, tough guys. They'll get it done. They've, they love this business. They love this game, and, and they know what they're chasing. So uh, I, I would suspect six, seven-month mark for those guys, as long as there wasn't major meniscus issues. That meniscus joint line issue is really what set me back for a while. That, that pain and just the, the inflammation and swelling day-to-day that you have to deal with, uh, it, it, was a, it was a bear. The, the interesting thing to me about it, Heath, is that you know when I was a kid, like the Seahawks had a tailback, Kurt Warner, who was yeah. awesome, tore his knee up. He missed that whole year, and then yep. the next year he was slower. The guys recovered slower back then because medical procedures weren't right. as good. Look at even Edger and James. Yes. Yeah. P- PT <laughs> was thing. Physical therapy wasn't yep. as good. However, back then, most knee injuries got caused by all the stadiums having AstroTurf, which right. they don't have now. Right. And I wonder how much of the year-round weight training is causing injuries. Guys get too big for their frames. Guys yeah. don't give their bodies a rest. That was one of the advantages guys in the 70s and early 80s had. They didn't do this in the offseason. Yeah, they were working know? at a grocery store in it, the offseason. Exactly. Yeah. So yep. their body got months to recuperate, and then they might start working out a few weeks before training camp. Yeah. And then when training camp came, they had been working out for a few weeks, but they'd had months of rest. How much do you think that's causing these injuries? Uh, I think it has a lot to do with it, and it is that balance of power. I mean, when I first got to Seattle, you know, I played special teams the majority of my, first, my rookie year, and I'm talking to Chad Brown and uh, LeVon Kirkland and John Randall and Ricky Waters. Hey, how much time do I take off? And those guys at their, their stage in the career, hey, listen, you know, until late March, early April, you don't need to touch a weight. Go find a yoga class, you know, do go to the beach, just hang out, let your body just chill out and completely recover. And for me, being the guy that knew I kind of got into the league, yeah, I was a third-round draft pick, but I, I knew I was blessed to be there. I wasn't the most talented, and I had to outwork everybody. I was constantly teeter-tottering on that line of that that overworking and overtraining. And so did that have something to do with my injury? Yeah, I, I don't know. No one has a crystal ball. But ultimately, guys have to be very, very smart in, in not doing what I did for the majority of my career. I mean, even my college coaches, they used to drive them nuts because we'd hit a workout and then I'd go find the Gold's Gym in Auburn, Alabama, and they'd be wanting to pull their hair out because they knew I was damaging my body. You know, So um, it is that fine line of, of resting but preparing at the same time. Yeah, let's move on to the playoffs here. Let's talk that Niners. Keith, we know uh, that – I believe you're involved in our NFL playoff challenge, or at least I was trying to get you involved. Yeah, I need your help on that. Yeah. So, really, the the NFL playoff challenge is so much different than traditional fantasy football because in traditional fantasy, it's all about value and points and that kind of thing. Where there's value in points here, it also has a lot to do with who's going to win. Right. So, who were your two Super Bowl teams heading into the postseason? Are they still alive, and what are you expecting from them this weekend? Well, I mean, at the start of the season, it's funny, you know, call me a homer or whatever. I, I pick on base what I know. You know, teams that have played against the characteristics of their coaching staff, all those things. And so, obviously, Saints and Patriots were my two teams at the start of the year. You know, I knew uh, Bill had gotten a lot of things corrected in the offseason there. I thought the defense would be a little bit better than what it is. But ultimately, when you got 12 under center, you've got a chance. Mm-hmm. Um in New Orleans, I saw the emphasis put on the run game again through the draft um, off season, and I knew that if health wasn't an issue, these two teams were going to be in the mix. And the Saints, I think they're the best team in the NFC right now uh, because they run the ball. People say, oh, Drew Brees, and yeah, Greg Williams, he blitzes, is crazy, but really it's because they're running the ball, they're balanced, um, and they're capable of beating anybody right now. So would you agree with this statement? 
defense and running the football effectively no longer win championships in the NFL. It's all about the offense and the quarterback. Um, I, I don't agree with that. I don't you know, either. Um, I, I think that the missing link, you know, if I was going to back one of my teams out of the Super Bowl, mm-hmm. I'd back the Patriots out. I mean, let's go back to Broncos Patriots a few weeks ago. Three turnovers for Denver, none for New England. Three fumbles. That's, that's a different game. You know, if, if Tebow and the Broncos are playing what's been successful in their seven wins with him as their starter, which is just holding on to the ball, they haven't wowed anybody. Even the overtime you know, shot play the other day, it wasn't some wow play. Great throw, great catch, a lot of speed. But really, they just didn't turn the ball over in that game. And it gave them a chance to beat really what is a better football team. You know, yes, Pittsburgh had injuries, but ultimately, I think what the Niners have done, do they have to get a little better on offense? Yes, and I think we're going to see that this week. But do I think this game is going to be the blowout that everyone thinks it's going to be? No, I I don't think that at all. Uh, I do think the Saints need to be very careful um, and not trying to beat their head against a brick wall, an immovable brick wall, which is that run defense. So um, it's going to be interesting. But that day and age, I mean, you think about 3 Panthers, John Fox, this Broncos team under Tim Tebow, highly similar. Similar. Great special teams, great defense. They run the ball with the best of them. And, and I firmly believe that, just yes, Jake DeLome was a very good quarterback for a long time, but I truly believe that if you give T- Tim Tebow the time to continue to grow, a real offseason, um, a real growth plan for a quarterback, this guy's going to outwork everybody. He's going to get it. He's going to get better. And then you're always going to have to worry about this kid's legs. Well, he, you're, you are so speaking my language right now because the, the 2003 Panthers is an excellent, excellent, Example. I mean, they had Deshaun Foster and Stephen Davis had like 1,400 yards yeah. rushing. Mm-hmm. And then Jake DeLome was so effective off of the play action yep. to Moose and Muhammad and Steve Smith and killed the Patriots in the Super Bowl in the second half, right. who were playing run defense so much. And the Denver-New England game that you referenced from Week 17, Denver went right down the field the first possession of the game and scored a touchdown. Yeah. Tim Tebow. And every Patriot fan was scared to death because Tim broke like six tackles on that first touchdown right. run. We're like, doggone, he's going to do it again. That's right. <laughs> Listen to this stat line. 12 carries, 93 yards, and two touchdowns for Tim Tebow running the football. Mm-hmm. But they had the three fumbles. I think Lance Ball fumbled one. I think yep. Tebow himself fumbled one. And that was a different game. When I wrote the uh, playoff previews for NFL.com this week, I said, hey, Bill Belichick can't hang his hat on them getting those three turnovers again. They can't let Tebow get outside. And if you think about it, right before the half, Quan Crosby fumbles the punt. And then that's really kind of just – it just took the the wind out of their sails, and you're like, man, we had just two turnovers, three turnovers in the first half. Mm -hmm. And that was that. You can't give Brady three extra possessions. You can't give him one extra possession. So when we're talking about defenses, we're talking about the ability – not to stop the opponent, yeah. but to turn the opponent over, right? Because if you look at the bottom five or six defenses in the league during the regular season, <laughs> yeah. both the number one seeds in right. each conference, yep. the Packers 32, the, the, the Patriots 31, the Giants are 27, the Saints are 24th. Right. Yeah. All those teams are still alive. Steelers were one, they're yep. one and done. Houston's still in. Right. I don't know if they got a chance to win this week. The Ravens are three. The right. Niners are four. But most people think the Niners are going to get knocked out by the team with a worse defense and a far superior offense. Right. So we're talking about turning the ball over. Right. Making plays. Because the Patriots and the Packers, and maybe we're all in agreement here, they're not stopping their opponents from scoring points. They are going to make just plays. Well, and to- they're just just—they're not giving up as many points as people would think they would. You look at a, a, a 32 rating for the Green Bay and 31 mm-hmm. rating on defense for the pa- pa- Patriots. But you get points per game. Both of those teams, I think, 13 and 14th in those final NFL stats. And so you talk about points per game. That's ultimately all that matters. So Bill Belichick, even with the Vrabels and the Harrisons and the Bruce 
season in the Seymours, they were always a bend but don't break defense. We're not going to make mistakes. We're going to give you uh, small yardage. We're not going to give up the chunk yardage. But bottom line is we trust our discipline over your discipline. You'll make a mistake. You'll have a flaw before we have a flaw. And ultimately, that is the type of defense that, that we played in New Orleans in our championship run. The the championship runs in New England that I was a part of, same thing. And so, listen, we get caught up, oh, the rating and blah, blah, blah. Well, Greg Williams frustrates the heck out of quarterback with his blitz game and the schemes and the multiple coverages and everything else. They don't give up a lot of points, and that's ultimately the same thing that Green Bay um, and, and New England have going for them as well. If you can't score, you can't beat these teams. Right, and, and I just looked it up. New England's 15th in points allowed, and, you know, look, you, you can give up 50 yards. Yeah. But once you get to the 15, the field becomes much, much right. shorter. Yep. So it's a much harder deal trying to hit that deep out right. or trying to hit that nine route yep. when you've got the end line yep. is no longer And friend. that's where your great coaching comes into play because red zone defense, red zone offense is so much scheme related. That's why I pray Sean Payton because I sat in those meetings for years going, oh my gosh, this guy's a genius. Not only would he scout the defense that he thought we were going to be playing, he'd be scouting the players that were playing the defense. Where are his eyes? How are his hips? How are his feet? How is his his, his ball judgment in the air? And so he would tell Drew, hey, listen, this guy's going to be in place, but his ball skills are so poor, just throw it. He's not going to get to it. And that's what makes these elite coaches so much better. Bill Belichick did the same thing. He would know tendencies of your special teams player walking down the hall. Hey, Heath, who do you got on uh, punt return this week? Is he faster or quicker? And you better know he's not that fast, but man, he sure is quick. How did you know to describe the Cowboys' safety so effortlessly? <laughs> and you know what's funny too? Ellie and I are both Cowboys fans, yeah. and, and everybody knows it. And boy, Sean Payton was in our staff, and we hey, let look, him go. Yeah, uh, hey, listen, God, there's, still, there's, there's still some. The lady Karen Hegner that runs his foundation is still mad at the whole the whole Cowboys organization forever letting Sean That's, out of there. So we, we actually do really need to break. Yeah, I mean, I'm telling you, when you ran that wheel route, you just threw hey, our whole listen, yeah, <laughs> threw our whole game up. But I want to ask. I want to keep you on New England-Denver when we come back. Yep. See who you think is going to have a bigger statistical game, Tim Tebow or Tom Brady. NFL Fantasy Live, Series 210, XM87. Be back in a minute. First snap of overtime here, tied at 23. Line of scrimmage, the Bronco 20. Shotgun for Tim Tebow. Short motion is Eddie Royal. Tim, play fakes in the pocket, sets, throws, pass, caught. Demarius Thomas out over the 45 midfield. Here we go, 40. 35 foot race, 20, 15, 10, touchdown, Denver is over! It's over in Denver! NFL Fantasy Live brings you all the access and information from the NFL Network right to your radio on Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio. Here are your hosts, Elliot Harrison and Michael Fabiano. Wow, and Heath Evans. I, I don't know that Tim Tebow would endorse us playing Iron Maiden to a Demarius Thomas highlight. I'm just saying. No, he not? would. Why not? Tim was a good kid. He'd roll he, with the punches. He'd love he, it. He'd roll with it. Yeah, he might request Metallica. Well, when we were in the <laughs> when we were in the break, yeah, but he would request like the softer Metallica, not the early days. Okay, when Don't we were in the break, taking a shot at Tebow. Come on, Harrison. <laughs> when when we I just were, beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. He did, I, sure and did. I love I love the way he plays. We were just talking in the break uh, mm-hmm. about Demarius Thomas and Fabs. You're talking about him as a breakout player, yep. uh, fantasy wise. Twenty eleven. Heath, talk about what you were saying when we were off air absolute beast sky's the limit you know it's funny you know um <laughs> fabs you know i had to I had you pull up the stats i mean i thought this guy was six one two twenty, so maybe i should get fired i need to do a better job uh, <laughs> scouting players but six three folks 235 i mean you're talking about a young andre johnson is what you're looking at mm-hmm. but honestly i mean that top end speed that we saw you see the big stiff arm on ike taylor on the highlight that you guys just heard you know but then ultimately he outruns monday on the angle, which guys in the, in the NFL, everyone's fast. And when you're talking about outrunning guys, two guys that have an angle on you, 
I mean, you are superior speed, and, and that is just – you talk about big size. He's only going to get better. Uh, the more comfortable he gets in an offense, the better this offensive line gets in Denver. Uh, the more comfortable Tebow gets, this offense will expand. I mean, expect big things in the future. And a stat that I think is really telling, and you know me, I'm all about the numbers in, uh, in fantasy land. And, Heath, you're playing in a fantasy league next year with us, my friend. Okay. All right. I, I, Heath is one of my favorite people on the NFL Network, and i got to get you in a league with us, man. Uh, he's I know teach me the rules. I know man. you'd love it. I'll do it. No he's doubt about mine. it. He hammers me But if you time. look – at Thomas's numbers in his last six games, including last week's 200-yard game against the Steelers, and projected him over a full season based on those stats, over 1,700 yards and 10 touchdowns. Yeah. In that offense. that In right. that offense, Elliot, exactly, in a yep. run-based offense. And you guys talked about the comparison with the Carolina Panthers. Well, yeah, they had a great defense, and they could run the ball, but they also had Steve Smith putting up some very nice fantasy and totals. Muhammad. Well, yeah, and and, and, and I know Muhammad was the best fantasy receiver yep. in yep. all of football in 04. Yep. When I know people are thinking, oh, they'll cool off, people will find a way to cover him better, not true, because this is what you've got to think, folks, about the Denver Broncos. They are only going to get better at designing plays and frustrating defenses. And when you have Tim Tebow that is a passer, that is an automatic run threat down in and down out, your run game is consistent. How else? There's there's no one reinventing the wheel to play defense. There's only so many guys on the field. And the fact that Tim Tebow is always a run threat, there's always another man that's assigned to him that's normally in the coverage scheme. So you're automatically down a man because of the Tim Tebow factor. So, uh, listen, you talk about Demarius Thomas. I just think... As they get better, he stays healthy. Tim Tebow continues to grow. Um, it, it could be scary. Well, he, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put your feet to the fire here, and then Fabs, I want, I want your opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, NFL.com standard scoring is uh, one point for every 25 yards passing, one point for every 10 yards rushing. Okay, okay? and if you score a rushing touchdown, you get six points. <clears throat> could you see Tim Tebow outscoring Tom Brady fantasy wise in this game? Yeah, I mean, because you have the the rushing factor. You know you get inside the two or three. You know he's ultimately probably going to get his number called to end up running it in. So, I mean, you start – even Brady throws for 400 yards, which you can obviously fathom him doing that. But you start talking about, you know, Tebow putting up another 200-plus yard day and then maybe two rushing touchdowns and another 70, 80 yards rushing. That would be a huge game. You know, Um, but that is the potential there. I mean, we ultimately know a weak point of this Patriot – team period is the defense and beating a team twice in the season I know what Bill Belichick is coaching this team this week I mean I can hear the speeches in my head right now that they've got a tough out and um, yes Brady played near flawlessly last time that team mm-hmm. just whooped him up and down the field um, but if they can hold on to the ball this this week on the road this is going to be a great game give us a prediction uh, you know, I think the Patriots win this game. I trust the disciplined nature of any Bill Belichick team, um, unless they're they're playing the Saints just because, listen, Sean Payton formulated his team, and that's what I loved about that man, a humble approach that, hey, Bill's doing it near perfectly. We, we want to copy what we can from New England. And so he approaches his team the same way, the discipline structure, uh, every possible scenario that you could possibly face in a game, they've got covered, they've got it down pat. The players know how to execute it and execute it at a high level. So, uh, you know, I think the Patriots win this game at home. Uh, but I don't think uh, we see the three turnovers that we saw last time, and I do think that we see somewhat of a dogfight. Uh, just one quick comment on this game before we get to another yeah, I wanted topic. your thought is, on the Tebow Brady. In back in week fifteen, Tebow outscored him by six tenths of a point wow. in fantasy at twenty seven point oh six. Brady had twenty seven. Both were phenomenal. But in this NFL playoff challenge, you've got to go with Brady because, as Heath alluded to, the Patriots are, are likely going to win this game on their no. home field. <laughs> if there was one game of the four where you saw an upset because that's big. If you yeah. can if you can go out and predict an upset in in, in this <clears throat> NFL fantasy playoff challenge, 
you're you're looking real good, just like the Packers say last year with Rodgers going yeah. three rounds into the Super Bowl, Kurt Warner and Larry Fitzgerald back in 08 going three rounds going to the Super Bowl. What team do you think is the most vulnerable to an upset? It's easy. You don't even need to listen. It's Green okay. Bay. Now that's that that's it is. It I is agree Green with Bay. Heath too because the Giants are hot. Their defense is healthy yeah. and. But let me, let me get to a different point. We, okay. we love the OCU Manura and the sure. Chuck and the JPP. Yep. We love all this stuff. But let's look at the Kansas City game. Mm-hmm. Kansas City um, literally gets the ball, four-minute offense. Green Bay knows, hey, listen, if we could just get the ball back to Aaron Rodgers, we'll win this game. Guess what? Four-minute offense. They knew they were running the ball, trying to stay in bounds. They beat the crap out of that Green Bay defense. They go to Chicago. They give up 199 yards rushing. Yes, they win, but they gave up 199. No Matt Forte, folks. Yeah. So you talk about the way Jacobs ran last week. You talk about Ahmad Bradshaw. You talk about Eli playing the way he's playing. You talk about a healthy Manningham now and these these wide receivers doing what they're doing. Yeah, yeah we can focus all day about that, that Giants defense and the pass rush. Yeah, but Aaron Rodgers is awesome, and he's going to make his plays, and he'll get sacked. But ultimately, the concerns for me is, is Rodgers being on that bench by the Gatorade too much and too often, and Eli being out there managing these 75, 80-yard drives, being able to eat up clock, run the football, and frustrate this weak link Green Bay defense. That's that's also why I wrote the – Imagine that. uh, Well, yeah, when when we did the uh, guys that shouldn't make the Pro Bowl, I wrote B.J. Raji. I mean, his buckets moved out of there quite a bit. He's got to play a lot better for that team. That being said, Fabs, would you be comfortable starting Eli Manning over Aaron Rodgers in the playoff challenge? No, I'm st- I got your Breeze. I've been yeah. rolling with Breeze. I, my prediction was the Saints were going to the Super Bowl, so I went with a lot of Saints. I'm sticking with Breeze, and as much as I agree with Heath that the Giants, I think, are the team that could pull the upset, boy, it'd be, especially as a Cowboys fan, because I'm still bitter about the regular season. <laughs> Five seconds. Any hope for the Texans against the Ravens? Definitely. Yeah, we've seen Flacco play horrible football. Yeah. It's always a possibility. Fabs? I'm going Ravens. Uh, Ray Rice, he's my guy. Well, no one's playing Joe Flacco in the playoff challenge anymore. I hope not. But uh, Heath Evans, we really appreciate You're the having best, you man. on. Anytime, guys. You're the best. We've got the Fantasy Cantina coming, coming up, next. up. How come I'm not hearing any music ramp up? 888-963-2682 if you want to call in and join us in the cantina on the other side of the break. I, I think I do hear some music. There it is. There it is. I love it. A little Ozzy Osbourne. NFL Fantasy Live Series 210 XM 87. We're here every Wednesday, 12 to 2. We're talking fantasy. We're talking 2012. Talk to Demarius Thomas. Stick with us. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.